how dangerous Jirohana can be when they've been embarrassed. I do, Veda said, and I'm not that worried. The gunrunner chuckled. I imagine not. He leaned against the booth's backrest, then said, So? Talk. I need to hire one of your razors. The gunrunner's brow rose. He was big for a human with shoulders as wide as a door and biceps the size of heat rockets, and Veda could see why his Venezian business partners called him the Goliath. After a moment, he asked, as in the old UNSC Corvette, that kind of razor? Veda nodded, as in the old UNSC Stealth Corvette, she said, and the UNSC isn't the only outfit operating them anymore. You know that better than anyone. The gunrunner assumed an innocent look. And why would I know that? Because Lieutenant Commander Hector Nieto commandeered three of them when he defected from the UNSC, Veda said. And you're Ross Nieto, his son. Nieto's posture grew tense, and his companions dropped their hands beneath the table. All three wore ballistic vests over bare torsos, a popular style that was more bad boy fashion than effective protection. Veda ran her gaze around the booth, locking eyes with each man until she saw a glimmer of uncertainty, then returned her attention to Nieto. Your father used those vessels to become a hero of the insurrection, Veda said. You used them to smuggle arms for Arlo Casil. Nieto forced a neutral expression but the color drained from his face. Arlo Casil was the new president of the nearby planet Gao. He was also the most corrupt and ruthless politician in the entire sector. And before he had become president, he had been Veda's boss. To suggest they had parted on bad terms was an understatement. Casil had risen to power during a military crisis of his own making, when he secretly helped a faction of ex-Covenant zealots assault a UNSC research battalion deployed on Gao. The resulting battle had destroyed an entire village and cost hundreds of innocent lives. The tragedy had given Casil the leverage he needed to crush his political rivals and claim the presidency of the Gao Republic for himself. Rosnaedo's only involvement had been running arms shipments between Casil and the zealots but that had earned him a long list of enemies. The Unified Earth government wanted Nieto dead because he had helped arm ex-Covenant. Casil wanted him dead because Nieto was one of the few people who knew of Casil's involvement in the entire affair. And the Gao Ministry of War wanted him dead because his smuggling activities were a stain on the legacy of his heroic father. Veda just wanted to take him captive though that wasn't the primary objective of her first official mission leading a ferret team. It was more of a bonus. After giving Nieto a few seconds to worry, Veda said, relax. I'm only making sure you understand that I know who you are. Nieto's gaze flicked toward Veda's table and remained there as he studied the three street punks backing her up. Then I'm afraid you have me at a disadvantage. Have we met? We have now. Veda slipped two fingers into her shirt pocket and removed a small leather on bag with a flex mag closure. 
I'm the woman who wants to hire one of your razors. I hear the ghost flag can be underway by tonight. She squeezed the bag open, then emptied a line of shimmering spheres across the table. Varying in size from that of a pea to a little larger than a human thumb tip, the spheres initially appeared more liquid than solid, like drops of water on the verge of erupting into splashes. After a moment in the light, they coalesced into solid balls and developed an iridescent glow so deep and bright, it seemed to be shining through a hole in the bottom of the universe. The tension in the air dissolved into wonder, and the man to Nieto's left gasped. Face pearls. Where did you get those? None of your business, Veda said. Technically known as bosun beads, the gems were created by the plasma bombardment of a forerunner hard light device. This particular batch had been collected.